0: Yeah, excellent. Okay, let's get going. Today's daf is daf yud aleph, and we pick up from Rav Papa, which is the second line on daf yud aleph. Ahmed Aleph, we're continuing on with the Gemara teaching us the importance of one watching out for their health at the time of traveling, particularly as it comes to eating. So Rav Papa, called parsa u parsa achel rifta. Rashi tells us, Rashi points out to us. A piece of information that maybe we ourselves wouldn't have known, but Rav Papa was overweight, and when he when uh, when he would travel, he would eat a loaf of bread for each person. He kept eating. Now, according to this reasoning, um, you what what uh, the Gemara wants to teach us is that if somebody is aware of their own bodies, okay, somebody's aware of their own body and they know. What causes damage to their body, we're familiar with our own body, and what doesn't cause damage with their own body. So a person is permitted to uh, eat accordingly. Rav Papa, who was aware of his body, which, by the way, is, we, we, you know, we know that a person's health and awareness of our body is, uh, is crucial and a very important part of our Yiddishkeit. My mother, Zechariah uh, Lavracha, pointed out to me, I don't know which particular cancer. Um, uh, it was referring to, but I know there's a particular women's cancer, um, I don't know if it's cervical or varying. I'm not sure, I need to look it up. Johns Hopkins did a study, and even though Ashkenazic women are at um, a higher risk for some of the other uh, general cancers, breast cancer amongst others, there's one particular cancer that Orthodox women in particular have a very low rate from, and they... Johns Hopkins did studies over the course of about 10 years and they realized that it's because when it comes to the laws of family purity, a woman familiarizes herself a lot more with that, you know, with that area and it, it, uh, they're able to catch things in its infancy. And it's, uh, the, Johns Hopkins came out that it's because the Orthodox women are a lot more, they stay on top of what's going on with their bodies. It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to be aware. And therefore, we have to know ourselves. If somebody eats a particular food and that food makes us not feel good and cause damage, even if the whole world is telling us that, oh, it's okay. No, you, you got to know yourself. And this is a, uh, you know, this is a part of the biblical mitzvah. Of to be very careful with our health. I'm going to review this as the name of Rav. Anybody. Who hungers himself when there's famine. Even if I have my own food. Nitzel Misa mishunah. Listen to this. We'll be saved from a misa mishunah. We will not die in unusual death. You know, the number one cause of death is life. Yeah? All right. Everybody alive. Yeah? At some point. Right? But it's a schus. Not everybody's zoiche to become older. It's a, uh, you know, in America... Everybody's looking for the fountain of youth. But for us, we know that it's actually a when Whether the older a person gets, it shows. There's more life experience. There's more maturity. And, um, and to be able to die in one's bed, pass away a normal, natural death, is, uh, is a tremendous bracha. as it says, If uh, in famine, HaKadosh uh, Baruch Hu redeemed you from Misa, from death, May Rav be boile it should have said, from famine. As a reward for somebody, refraining from food during years of famine will be saved from a misa an unusual death. And they'll be to die a natural death, a natural death. Now I want to point something out. We're now about to get into a crucial, crucial, crucial Gemara for how we're supposed to live Amongst the rest of Klal Yisrael, Amongst a community. We're going to have some powerful, powerful uh, Gemaras over here. About the importance of when something is going on in the Jewish nation. I need to personally do something. Not always do something for them. Because very often we don't know how. We can reach out and try to find out. But at least we shouldn't just cluck our teeth and say, Pat's the ketchup. Right? We should at least do something which for ourselves to make ourselves more aware and emotional about the situation, listen to this. If, uh, if there's famine outside, a person should refrain from marital relations. Shinam says, <laughs> To Yosef, there were born two sons before the year of famine had come. However, if a person it, uh, it does not yet have children so then, and they haven't fulfilled their, their mitzvah, so then it would be permitted, you have a mitzvah to do you, and therefore it would be permitted to have relations even if there is the tzaris, the pains of famine elsewhere on a different line of thinking but to bring out a similar point Rav Moshe Feinstein Zuchrein of Lebracha has three children. The more he yeah, had more than three children, but he had. Moshe Feinstein had um, he, he had uh, my aunt, my aunt Sifra Tendler, Zechariah Um He had Reb David Feinstein, zecher tzaddik Lavracha, And then there's a big gap. Before Moshe um, also had another daughter, but there's there's a big gap. At, uh, until Reb Bruevain, Reb Reuven Feinstein Shlita, is much younger than the other siblings. And the story behind this is amazing. Rav Maysha was a young rav in Russia. And the Russian authorities had outlawed mikvah. And Rav Maysha, as the rav, found a way to make the local public swimming pool a kosher mikvah. He figured out that if he pulls a few shtick uh, here and there, I don't know the, the exact details the public swimming pool could become a kosher mikvah, And he advised all the yidin in his city to go to the mikveh that way, go to, the public, uh, go to the public swimming pool. However, and Feinstein herself never used it as a mikveh. Why not? Because Reb knew that if he were to have a child, if the authorities would have hopped that the city's figuring something out. If their own rabbi is having children, they knew Rav Misha wouldn't transgress. And they wouldn't, you know, wouldn't transgress the, the mitzvah of mikvah. And, uh, and Rav Misha knew that if he had a kid, they're going to figure out there's some sort of, of kunt, some sort of trick that the Jewish community has figured out. So Rav Misha actually refrained from his wife for a number of years, a number of years so that everybody else can uh, can have children and use the pool uh, as mikvah and be together as mishpacha. But Rabbi and his wife himself, they, they refrain. And that was only later on that, uh, that uh, Rabbi Reuven Feinstein, Shlita, was born. All right, let's keep going, viter on this very powerful and emotional topic of being together uh, and, and, and being together with Yiddin with Kla Yisrael, having our hearts together with Klai Yisrael, Rabbonon. The rabbis learned, and so shall we. At a time where there is tzaris in Klal Mayhem, and you have a yid who separates himself from the tzaris, sometimes we want to just close our eyes and pretend like it doesn't exist. The two malachim ashareis that accompany a person. Rashi says we each yid has a malach on our right and our left. Imrim, and they say they testify. zesh al This yid who separates himself from the tzaras of the tsibor will not see the comfort of the Tsibur. It is not a two way street, so to speak. Right? You have fair weather fans. You have fair weather fans. Right? The fans who stick with the team through the decades and decades of losing, are the ones that ultimately, when that team wins, have, uh, have simcha. This is, not, this is not necessarily a bruch or a curse. It's a reality. A person who separates himself from the tsarist, don't show up all of a sudden when there's a comfort and everything's going great. Tani, idach, bulim, b'risa similarly, shri when the community has tzaras, al yaymar adam, a person should not say, eylech you know what? It's not my problem. I'm going to go home. I'm going to eat supper. I got enough money in the bank. Baruch Hashem, I have my health. A person should not do that. When you see Taurus, you stick your nose in. You get involved and see how you can help. And if a person minds his own business and says, you know what? I don't care about the Tzarus. The Apostle says, there's sosayn and simcha, shech the cattle, Shecht, the sheep. We're going to eat the meat, drink the wine. We're going to eat kimachar namos because tomorrow we will die. I mean, a person's going to say this is referring to a person that's not involving himself for the times of tsaris mak siv basre. And what does it say about such a yid? Hashem says, Listen, I hear what's going on. I want to tell you something. It's a very difficult thing to do chuvan. Very difficult thing to do This is a tremendous avira. For a person to see tsaras going on in Klay Yisrael and to just turn the blind eye, a deaf ear. I don't care. I'm doing what I, I'm you know, I'm gonna keep going ahead and you know uh, hearing about something doesn't doesn't matter, that is a it's a tremendous avira. Arkan Midas And by the way, it says the Gemara, this is referring to an average an average uh, yanko, an average Jew. Asoyu Sheikher You know what Rashom say? Rashom say, you know something? Let's go get drunk. And tomorrow we'll get even more drunk. Not that I don't care. It's that I'm going to even go... I'm going to go out and party and to completely, like, enjoy myself. This person who started out as a tzaddik ultimately has been lost because... Um, because... Because of the, the raw, because of the bad that this person did, Nesa the uh, tzaddik has been gathered in referring to death. Ella, rather. Here is how a yid is supposed to act. Yitzha'er Adam, You know, before the rather, I want to share such a beautiful short story on this idea. The B'lozhavah Rebbe. Zechah Tzaddik B'Kadosh Lebrachah. The B'lozhavah Rebbe was going around during the war. He would come to America collecting money. And inspiring, letting people know what was happening, and he was he raised money for the Baratzola, to, to spend money to, to 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 purchase Yidden, and get the Jews out of Europe and bring them over to the States. He comes to one community, and he gives a fiery speech, informing the Yidden what's going on, and uh, somebody in the community, whichever community he was speaking, I'm not sure, walks over to him and he says Rebbe. Here is a check for the baratzala, and here's a check for you. I want you to personally, I want you to have a check. You inspired me so much, and your speech, you brought me to tears, and I was so emotional, I wasn't aware of what was happening. Here's a check of the here's a check for you. Says the B'lush of the Rebbe, the check for the Baratzala, of course I could take. But the check for me, I can't take. And I'll tell you why. This is what he says. Beautiful. He says that there's a machlokas in the Medrash, how the Jews became wealthy in Mitzrayim. One opinion is we became wealthy by the Makkah of Dam, by the plague of blood. The Mitzrayim only had blood unless they purchased water from the Jew. And a tremendous amount of wealth was transferred to the Jews. A Jew, if a Jew would even want to be nice to, them, to the Egyptian, it would still turn to blood. The Egyptian had to pay for it. That's one opinion. The other opinion is that the Klai Yisrael received most of their wealth during Makas Chayshech. right? During darkness we, we went through and afterwards we asked them for it. That's Rabbi Yaisi. So the Bush Varebba says, why, why does Rabbi Yaisi argue? Why does Rabbi Yaisi say that the Jews got their wealth during Chayshech and not during the plague of Dam? Says the Bush Rebbe like this. He says, because according to Rabbi Yaisi, he says that a Jew does not earn his money off of somebody else's tsars. After the plague of darkness, and we're leaving, and there's a mitzvah to ask them for it, and they give it on their own accord, and there's nobody twisting their arm and telling them to say, uncle, they want to give us their money, good, give us the money. But to say that Kali Yisrael as a whole became wealthy because the, mitzvah otherwise, because, because the mitzvah were suffering, that's not how a Jew makes money. We don't make money off of somebody else's tars. That's a Says the Bush of the Rebbe, I appreciate the feedback that you're letting me, that you're offering to pay me, but because I'm going around speaking about the Tzarus of Klael Yisrael, I can't take anything from this. I can't, I, I, I can't get paid because other, I'm able to inspire you due to somebody else's Tzarus. It's a very deep, deep story, but it falls very much in line with what we're saying here in, in the Gemara. A person should not separate themselves from the Tzibur to a point where they're even Going ahead and, and uh, having some sort of. Over here, we're talking about enjoyment. El Bujbar was talking about any sort of gain. Ella, rather, what is a yid, how, how's a yid uh, supposed to act? Yitzair Adam Imhatsibor. A person's be Fifth wide line. During the battle, Ma'isha's arms were very heavy. They were very tired. Right during the battle with Amalek, Ma'isha sitting on a rock. He's lifting up his hands. What they do? They took a stone and they put it under. They put it under his his uh, Ma'isha who sat on it. They put it under his arms says the Gemara, one second, <laughs> didn't have a pillow and a blanket, he didn't have a mattress and a pillow, he couldn't sit, he couldn't sit on a chair, what's the problem? Ella, rather, what's the Torah teaching me? <laughs> when the Jewish nation is at battle, and this applies now as well, we have the holy members of, of the IDF, right? Which during, you know, unfortunately there's been a couple of terror attacks recently, we go out to battle, when there's Yidin fighting out in battle and their lives are in danger, <laughs> granted I'm not out on the battlefield, but I'm going to in some way give myself some sort of Tzar to remind myself, not to hurt myself, <laughs> but to remind myself that there's Yidin out there and I need to care. Or <laughs> says the Gemara, listen to this. A person whose heart is pained along with the tzibur and doesn't just cluck his teeth and say, pass the ketchup. Zayche ibn b'nechama tzibur will also be zayche to join in the comfort of the community. Adami, may it be. And maybe a person is going to say, you know, who knows? Who's going to know? Nobody's going to know. You know, if, if, you know, when the IDF is fighting, if I sleep on one pillow instead of two. Nobody's going to know. V'maynaf k'minaf. Avnei says the Gemara. Listen to this. You think nobody knows? True, but Avnei Beis Adam, The whole, the stones of your house, the kairayes Beis adam and the beams of your home may eat by. That is going to testify about you. Shemar, as it says, ki evan mikir tizak The stones themselves shout out from the walls. V'chapes meitziane, and a brick is going to answer from the wood. Which means that even though in this world. These things are diming. These things are stagnant. You have wood. You have a stone. What is it? But in the world of truth, whatever the walls see taking place inside of our homes, testify to what we're about and who we are. Today, Rav Amri in the yeshiva of Rav they said, there's always two malachim, like we said earlier, that accompany a person on the right and the left. And they testify about him. The malachim are commanded about you. What does that mean? About you. They're going to talk about you. says, You know who's going to testify about me? Me. I'm going to testify about myself. From that which is within your own lap, that which is within yourself, be very careful. Be very careful how you talk. Why? Because the neshama, who is us, right? Again, we don't have a neshama. We are a neshama, is going to testify. We're going to get into this uh, very, uh, very uh, powerful idea. This is a, a powerful daf that we're, that we're going to keep going on. A person's limbs. How do we sin? With our limbs. We speak with our tongue. We lust and desire after things with our heart, we, with our fingers, we walk places, we drive places, we use our hands, a person's very own limb, tezuvai, and I want to share something, something to point out. This is not only talking about Averis. This is talking about mitzvahs. When we're sitting here learning Daph and a person prays, and a person thinks about the Rabbinah every thought, every word of Torah, every word of tefillah, Every time we, we, you, know, you dip your thumb when you're learning Gemara, right? Every, every action that we do with our limb is going to testify to what we did. It's not only chas v'shalom for the detriment. We have to realize you know, what's going to be taking place for the positive. When we, when we, when we make a bracha of asher kiddushonu al we're taking our hands. What do you mean taking our hands? We need to take your hands? We're taking these, these physical hands that the Rabbi gave us and every morning when we wash our hands, we say, you know, I'm going to take these hands and use them for you, Hashem. I'm going to use them for you, Hashem. That's al Natilas. We're going to take it. The very limbs are going to be taken and testify about us in Shemayim. You are Hashem of emunah There is no mistakes over here. There's perfection in Hashem's judgment. What does that mean? The same way there's going to be payment taken from the wicked in the next world, even for the smallest Avera. What a powerful statement. You think once a person is a Russia, they're only held accountable for the big stuff. Not for the small stuff. Nah, they're past that. It doesn't impact them. No. The same way they're held accountable for the smaller stuff, so too, when you have a tzaddik in this world, so too, even for the small Avera, is purposely going to give us a little bit of a, of a message in this world about it, so that we can clean it up. The What does it mean? There's nothing twisted, there's no perversion. What does that mean? But the same way, there's perfect payment for tzaddikim in the next world. I feel mitzvah Even for a little wave of our hand, for the smallest mitzvah, we get reward. We get reward. They're also repaid in this world. Tzadik, the Yashar, who ultimately, everything that takes place over here is perfect and just. There's a well-known story about Rabbi Seral Salanter, where he was with some other tzadikim, and the conversation turned to... um, Actually, I don't know if it was one of the tzadikim, when they were younger... This is how I heard the story. Probably variations of this. But the Rebbe in Cheder asked the kids, you know, uh, if you were the Rebbeinah Shalayim, like how would you make the world better? What would you do? And the first kid says, I would make sure that more people are, uh, there's no poor people. Other guys, you know, the other Talmud says, I would make sure that people stop speaking Lashon heart, And whichever young gadol at the time it was in the class said, if I was the Rebbeinah I would do nothing more. I would do nothing different. God knows what He's doing. That's it. What are you going to do? Do different, right? That's what we saying over here. Tzaddik <inaudible> v'yasharhu. Ultimately, we don't know everything, but the world, had, there's a method, there's a reason to the to everything that takes place. As people say, "Thank God we're not God, and thank God we weren't even offered the job." Yeah there's a Shalom. Everything's run perfectly. hazal teach us. When a person travels from this world to the next world. Right In Judaism, what do we say when somebody dies? They pass away. What's pass away? They've passed. They've moved their nifter. They move from one room to another room. Nobody ever dies nobody ever dies we don't have that this is why when we're 60 years old 70 years old 80 years old we always think we're 18 and or 20 depending how old you you know some people think they're a little more mature so maybe they're 20 but we're we're seven we're, we're we could be 70 years old 80 years old 90 years old and we're like what happened to my body i don't understand i'm 18 like why isn't my body moving why it doesn't move as fast it's it's not it's not going you know why that happens because the body, the suitcase, ages because it doesn't live forever. But we, as a neshama, live forever. So we, we don't age. We're, we're stuck. We're, we're really people who are vibrant. We're really 18 years old, stuck inside of a 90-year-old body. Because we don't... If something never dies, it doesn't age. You understand? The nishamas The neshama is eternal. So we're sitting here, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, 120 years old. And we're like, oh, well, I don't understand. I'm a, I'm am 18, I'm 21, whatever, I can buy alcohol. Why is my body... The, the reason why there's a disconnect is because... That's really how it is. The neshama doesn't get old because it doesn't die. It doesn't age. It just is. At a certain point, the suitcase stops working. That's all that happens. So the thing that ages at a certain point stops, but we... Keep on living eternally. We're just nifter. We leave this room. Once the suitcase stops working, we move on to the next room. We're nifter. That's the Gemara says. B'shas a person, you know, travels on to the eternal world. Kol may'sav All of his actions go in front of him. And they say to the person, kach v'kach, asisimak plani. Tendler. On, uh, you know... On Rosh <laughs> <laughs> Kislev, <laughs> yeah. On Rosh Kislav, weren't you here on this day, this time, and you did this, yeah? Who? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, yeah, good. Taka. <laughs> <laughs> my They say, okay, great, sign on it. V'chaisim, <laughs> and we sign. Shenamar, biyad kol adam The judgment is is signed off by us. Eloshematzik alav esadim. We actually, the neshama, when we come to Shemayim, we actually are the ones who we say, we're not forced to say this. We just know this because it's the ilam just true. We say, yeah, taka, that whatever did we get, we know is completely truthful. And we say, yeah, whatever it is, you got it right. You got it right. Right, In Shemayim we just we, we, Our neshama is what it is We are who we are There's no, there's no brain to play games anymore right? It's the, the, the beauty The beautiful person That we made ourselves Just testifies about itself Look here, here I am Here I am This is what I did These are my actions this is, These were my passions This is what I cared about And this is what I developed into And that's it like, It's not like any sort of shtick that, that happens. We actually just sign off be, because there is this, this perfection. Omar Shmuel. Shmuel says, Now we're about to enter a new sugya, a new topic. And if anybody has something to share on this, please let me know. I believe this is such a, a fascinating and important uh, struggle that I personally and if I'm normal, that means others as well, uh, grapple with in the proper dara, the proper path of avodas HaShem. And here's what the topic's going to be. Is it better to refrain from permitted pleasures, to work on my own neshama, or is it ultimately better to not refrain and Use whatever is permitted in the way that Hashem wants me to use it. Which path is the better path for Ruchnias? Okay? And I would venture to say, if I could just be candid about myself, it probably depends on where I'm holding. It probably depends what it is and what stage. But let's get into this, into this conversation, and, and perhaps this uh, topic will be, uh, will be cleared up for us. So let's read this again, Shmuel's statement. if a person decides I'm fasting today, you're a sinner. You It's an Avera. We're not talking about a communal fast, the fast of the Chassidim. I want to be B'kavu Tadus because I want to work on my spirituality, so I'm going to remove food from my life for a day. It says, Shmuel, you're a sinner. Listen to this. Savar. Kashmul holds as follows. Ki haytana like the following Tanit. The Tanlitner prize of Lozara copper Rabbi Akapar, Rabbi Lozara copper. The Khoshve One, the Rebbe says, "Ma ta'am od Why does it say after the Nazir, the Nazirite, right after his 30 days of the that he needs to bring a sin offering? Well, how did he sin? chot al-Napesh. He sinned against his soul. Ki izena Who did he sin against his own soul. You know how he sinned Elishitzir atmanai and you know why the the Nazir is did an Avera. Because Hashem put wine in this world, and wine is kosher, and who are you as a Nazir to say, I'm not going to drink something kosher for 30 days? If God put it in the world, use it, but use it appropriately. That's more. And he's using this logic of a, a uh, Says a Gemara. So now let's make a logical kapa khaimur. Um, when it comes to a Nazir. Your ass, he's eating donuts, He's eating, ste- uh, he's eating steak. He can't eat grapes. He can't drink wine. Nikrochite. He's called a sinner. And all he did is refrain from one food. Hamatzar asam be called double A person who completely fasts and causes himself tzar from everything. of Kama Vakama. How much more so is it in Avera? That is Shmuel's approach. To put it in today's terms, Shmuel says, listen, There's no mitzvah to just be machmir on everything. Don't be fromer than everybody else. Do what you didn't do. Don't be a fromy. Don't be be somebody who serves Hashem in an abnormal way where you're refraining from permitted things that Hashem put into the world. There's enough things that you're not allowed to do. You don't need to add to it. That's Shmuel's approach. Rebbe Lazar takes an exact opposite approach. Rebbe Lazar Eimer. He's not a sinner. A person who accepts a fast Nikra kadosh is called holy shenemar, as it says, kadoshi yegedal perasar arayshay. You know what it says about the nazir? Granted, I agree he needs to bring a carbon chatas at the end, but he uh, by becoming a nazir you make yourself holy. So look at the Nazir. what he do? He just separated himself from wine. Nikra Kodesh. I'm holy. be called How much more so should he be called a holy guy? Ulu Shmuel. So now we got a question. Shmuel brought a proof from a Nazir. You're called a sinner. Rabbi Lazar brings a proof from a Nazir. You're called holy. Which one is it? it says the Gemara, Ulu Shmuel, Ha, Ikri Kodesh. What's Shmuel going to do with the fact that the same Nazir, who he's calling a sinner, is also called holy? It says the Gemara, the holiness is just that you didn't cut your hair. I'm sorry. The holiness is on the not cutting of the hair. This that you let your hair grow, your hair becomes holy, but you yourself are a sinner. <speaking in Hebrew> According to says you're a kaddish. I we call him a sinner. He says, no. You know why? You're called a sinner not because you refrain from wine, but it's referring to. A Nazir, makes him, who, who makes himself tame, He comes into contact with a dead body, and that's when, when uh, it's a sin. Now, even if he didn't become Tameh, since you set yourself up for that potential, that's why it's a problem. You're kudlis for doing it, but you should realize you're setting yourself up for a potential avir. He says, could Rabbi Lazar really say, that a nazir is called A person should always treat himself as if there's there's Kiddusha inside of his intestines. What does that mean? Meaning, says Rabbi Lazar, a person has to make sure you stay healthy. There's a chiyuv. There's an obligation. To make sure there's holy things in your intestines. Not to empty your intestines. To make sure you eat healthy foods. Go eat a healthy salad. Go eat a healthy food. <laughs> so you see from Rebbe lazar that what's Kedusha when it comes to eating? What's holy when it comes to eating? To eat healthy. Not to refrain from eating. It says the Gemara, like Kasha. Okay, so I'll tell you the difference. When so, there's different. There's different strokes for different folks. And this is what Abulazr means. And this is where it's so, so fascinating, when it comes to like no one size fits all. Says so Abulazr, if somebody can handle fasting without it impacting their spiritual functioning, then there's nothing wrong with fasting. You're a Kaddish. The same way a Nazir who refrained from one thing is Kaddish, I refrain from everything, that's Kaddish. However, if by fasting, it's such a crucial differentiation, if by fasting you're actually harming your ability to function spiritually, you're not a functioning human being. You're, you're going to be a grouch. You're not going to treat your family right. You're not going to treat a Kaddish barakah right. You're going to walk around and be not, not even a bed. Not because, you're just going to be not happy and not functioning and, and have a stomachache. So, such a person, what are you fasting for? What are you doing? It's like people who are overly machmir and they come to despise Yiddishkeit because they have too many chumras, they have too many stringencies in life. You could take on stringencies if it's part of your darachinaya, if it's part of your pleasant Yiddishkeit. Okay. Nope. Works for you. Very good. But something that's going to take away the pleasantness of Yiddishkeit. And it's not halacha, it's just an extra thing. You're not allowed to do that. Rishlakishama Rishlakish says, Nikra Chasid, a person who fasts, it's called a chasid. Holy. Somebody walks with the rebanishlail. Shanamar ish A person who's gymal nafshay, a person who removes his nafesh from eating, is called a chassid va'ichar Sha'rai Vigaimer. And um, however, a person who who is is Seira, a person who ruins their health, is a, a terrible thing. Omar of Sheshes, Rav, Shaysha, Rav Shaysha says, listen to this. Because of what we're coming out with, Hai rab the If you have a yeshiva guy who decides he's going to fast, lechul should send a, a dog should eat his breakfast. Okay, what does that mean? What that means is that. If you need your koach to learn Torah in other areas of spirituality, you should not be fast. It's very important before we take on additional pious things in our in the life of a yid to make sure that it's true to our essence. Again, we're not dealing with halacha here. We're not dealing with there are certain things that the Torah says are mitzvah, so we do it, whether we, you know, we do it. Got a faster new kipper? I am not a good faster. All right, we make it work. Right, we make it work. Here we're dealing with the. It's extra. There's no responsibility to do it. I want to do it. Why? So, if somebody ultimately is hurting themselves in other areas, but because I want to, feel, you know what that is? You're not doing this for the bunch. Of You're doing it for yourself. I want to feel like a holy person. I want to feel very. Like, my father zuchar the told me a, a funny story when he was learning by Aaron Cutler in Lakewood. He said there was a, a Talmud there by the name of Moshe, who who thought he was uh, he thought he was um, a big tzaddik. He thought he was a big tzaddik. Um, and the way my father described him, he would he would uh, he would sleep, he would sleep very late in the morning, come to the bais medrash like afternoon time. And then, st- like, be the last guy in the base mattress at night. This way, he felt for himself like, oh, I'm the biggest mosfet. I'm the last guy in the base mattress. In the meantime, he's sleeping till like two o'clock in the afternoon, right? He'd sleep from three a.m. till two p.m., right? But all right, in, in his mind, he was convincing himself that since he was the last guy in the base mattress, he was a big tzaddik. So one time, my father said the guys had uh, had enough with him, they had enough. So what they did was. Don't, don't pull this prank at home or in shul. What they did was, um, they, it was like 10.30, 11 o'clock. This guy was sitting and learning. And the other guys were leaving. Maybe it was even later. Um, one of the guys crawled into the Arun Kaidish. He crawled in Arun Kaidish. And he went in. They closed the Arun. This guy, this guy Ma'isha, sitting and learning, didn't know. And everybody else snuck out. They turned out the lights. He's sitting there under the Nair Tomit. The lights are off. is by himself, staying in the Besmejrish. He thinks he's alone. Meanwhile, there's a guy hiding in the Ar-N-K-dish, And all the guys went outside and they were peeking in through the window into the Besmejrish. They wait like a half hour. And the guy in the Aran says, May she, may she. and this guy who was very into himself, he stands up, and he says, Hineini. yeah, he, he thinks God's talking to him. That's how chashvi is. So the the, the boy in our says, lecha lecha. Take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground." You know, this guy takes off his shoes. He's you know he has he's having this vision. God's talking to him. You know. And then this guy jumps out of the ronkutu. He's like, ah! He jumps out. And all the guys were like laughing. Okay, don't try He said this guy was he's like chasing this other guy around the dormitory for, for, uh, for a long time. They're pulling a prank on the guy. Why? Because, okay, he's taking his ruchnius. Right. Nowadays, I don't know if it'll fly, right? But he's taking his ruchnius. He's using it inappropriately. The other guys got fed up with him, right? We have to have proper hadrach. We need to have proper guidance. In what, when it's appropriate and not appropriate to do things that that are spiritual, so that we know that it's truly for Hashem. And it's not just for us to feel, you know, uh, to, to fill ourselves up as if we're doing something. When it's really the whole avodah of life is, you know, how do I give Hashem Nachas as opposed to anything else? All right, let's keep going. Um, Amr says, Ain't time to see where there is no Tainas Sibur in Babel, Ella Bobad except for tishubav. Now Rashi explains, this doesn't mean there's no other fast at all. It's referring to a nighttime fast going into the day. There's no other rabbinical full-time fast where you have the Inuyim, the, the refraining from showering and, and anointing and tashmish and, and, uh, um, and also the, the nighttime fasting um, except for Tisha Talmud Chocam is not allowed to fast. Additional fast. Why? Because it's going to remove Malach Shemite. Your body is going to be weakened from your Torah. Learning. Beautiful. Period. Two dots. We're now at the colon. About 12, 13 lines down. On Yud Aleph Amud Beis. Okay. Let's get into this Halacha of fasting. We said that... How do we get on to this topic? Because, if we remember the Mishnah had told us that if it doesn't start raining by a set date, then the individuals would start a three fast cycle, a Monday, Thursday, Monday. Right? And if it continued, then anybody else would fast. Now we said these fasts are only daytime fasts. At night, they would eat and drink regularly. That's what we learned in our Mishnah. Okay. So, says the Mishnah, they were permitted to eat and drink um, once it became dark. Um, Rav Zira, um, Rav Zira says, name Rav Huna. Rav Huna the yachid is makabel a tainus. He accepts a tainus on himself. Even if he ate and drank the entire night, He's allowed to a a fasting prayer. What is a fasting prayer? You add in aneinu. Aye, we know. That in general, the day starts with the evening in Yiddishkeit in Judaism, right? Why, if you ate at night? Otherwise, it says no. It's okay. The the fast is specific today. Even if you ate the night before, even though halachically it's the same day, you still say anin. However, once his fast is over, ena times, he doesn't. Uh, he's not mespalo the kindness of the next day the guy finished fasting today he's like, you know, I think I could fast another day so that doesn't continue on for the next day, I'm um, Yasef says, Micah Savar what is Rav, uh, what's Ravuna saying over here Sviralei, ein mis'anin is it because he holds ein mis'anin okay, see here's what happened in the first case it was nighttime and it's late at night, the guy already ate and he's Makabala for the next day. Then Ravuna said, you say anenu. In the second case, he was long bitanisai. Right? He completed his fast. Okay? And now he says, I'm going to keep fasting until the next day. He says, you want to keep fasting. Then he said, enay mispalo shall tainus. You don't say anenu on the next morning. So we say, why not? What is Ravuna saying? Is it because he holds in that there's no there's no you, you can't accept a fast? I'm going to fast for three hours and then say anenu. If that's the issue over here, does he hold that it's not even called a fast, or does he hold that it's called a fast but you don't say anenu like you would by a standard fast? That's the shayla. b'aye sabaye the beloved Talmud says too. Miss Anin Really, Ravuna holds Miss Anin Lishoise, you do fast four hours. And again, why would this be hours? Because, why would this be an hour's fast? Because he fasted today, now it's nighttime, and he says, I want to continue the fast. Well, the second day is just an hourly fast because you start, the second night is already considered the second day. Okay? So, However, this case is different. You know why? Because there still was a fasting that took place the second night, which wasn't accepted originally. Okay? And since you didn't accept it originally, meaning with the original night time when you were eating, you didn't have in mind the second night, the second night, is not considered a chash of enough part of the fast to recite a name. And we'll tell you a story about that. Marukva ikla leginzak. Marukva went up to Ginzak. Baumine they asked the shayla from him, mis'anin l'sho'is mis'an Okay. Okay? Is there a fast for Chois? Five hours or daytime? Or not? He wasn't sure. They asked him another question. What about the barrels of non-Jews? Is there a problem of non-kosher Jews having put their wine in these barrels? Are the barrels kosher or not kosher? Because right? wine seeps into the wood. He didn't answer them. He didn't know. It wasn't in his hand to answer him. The other by the way, is a fascinating expression, where when when you know something so well, it's in your hand. The means he couldn't answer them like right away. Okay, he didn't have it in his hand like boom, like an immediate answer. Bamashi They said another child When Maishu in the preparation for the Mishkan before Aaron and his and his children started, did he do it? Kol Shivas uh um did he did he do it in the with uh, the big day kahuna? Okay and and if yeah, which big day kahuna did he use? and again Marukva didn't know. Also Bashaw be Majrasha. So Marukva went and asked the shahis. they told him Hukhasah that Allah is the Nash. You could establish a fast for Meshahis, or and and you could be Mispalel at Twilastinus, the Hukasa Kankanim Shal Nachrim La Akashney Masakhidash Mutar. The luck is that after 12 months, become, um, become kosher. Okay. Now, what does it mean that they become kosher? Um, you also, you can't just wait the 12 months. You also need to go through a particular koshering process for them. The Rashi, Rashi tells us exactly how to kosher a barrel. We're not dealing with the boiling of the water. It's kind of a soaking of water. But be it as it may, once you get past the 12 months, which by the way, at times we do use this, um, you know, if necessary when it comes Mm -hmm. to China and other things, not the country, but, uh, you know, China vessels, um, then it becomes mutter. They said, and if you want to know what Maishmaynah served in all Shavas Ma'amiluim was, he used the white garments of the Kayin. It was chaluk lavan that didn't that shein imra. It did not have a imra. Okay, Rashi translates imra as a hem. It was uh, it was when that didn't have a, a hem. Amar of Chista, says, top of tomorrow's daf. This that we said you could accept the tiniest, and there is such a thing as a fast when it comes to hours. This is only if he does not eat the entire day until nightfall. Okay, so in other words, you, let's say I wasn't makabal the tainess the afternoon before today. I was only makabal the tainess in the middle of the night before today. That's fine. But there's no such thing as accepting a fast after you ate breakfast and then fasting. Okay, so this is, this is when you don't eat from morning all the way till evening. That is Rav Chista. Abai, Abai says, ha mal ya he says, by the way, this is the, the best type of fast. You're fasting the entire day. So what's your chiddish? According to what you're saying, there is Tanis tam- tam- but and then you're telling me like how we fast on Shabbat Shabbat right? From morning to evening. So the Gemara answers, like Shrikha, the Imlach <laughs> Eluche. Okay? What happened was, where he changed his mind. What does that mean? Meaning, it comes the morning, I wasn't intending to fast today. It's 11 a.m., I haven't eaten yet, I haven't had my coffee, I think, like, you know, I think I, I, think I need a fasting. That's okay. As long as you haven't eaten, even though you decided, in the middle of the day, to complete the fast, that would be, that's the Chiddush, where even that, says Rabchista, would be considered a tainus choice, it would be considered a fasting. Period. We'll hold it here, we're up to Omar Rav Chista, the third line of the Fyodbe, Ahmed Aleph, and Ezra Sashem, with Hashem's help, we will pick up From here, tomorrow evening, have a wonderful, wonderful night, everybody.